Yo bro why are you doing that? 48 minutes of dogs barking ain't drop yet bruh. Don't worry. 48 minutes of dogs barking drops January 24th. Listen. 48 minutes of dogs barking. 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 Growl. There's a man on the Zamboni. <laughs> yeah. And he's driving over the feces. He's oh. smearing the shit oh, across God. the ice. Oh, oh, oh what no. a tragedy oh, to the game. God. Oh, man. Oh, how are the Blackhawks going to pull out of this? Somehow they'll manage. <laughs> uh, fans are uh, throwing balls of Malore. Uh that's worse. That's worse than anything you can possibly throw on the ice. You're just throwing that Malort. I've right never out. had Malort. It's not great. I like that the Chicago is such a great city that signature liquor can be a thing that seems like it actually removes paint off of a bumper. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's like battery acid. It's great yeah. stuff. Apparently, there's like a uh, place in Chicago you can get on tap. Oh, in like one of those uh, those Jaeger machines, <laughs> I, I guess. Or maybe it's just such a nasty liquid, like you know what, just fucking put it in a keg. Mm-hmm. You know what? Like it doesn't carbonation doesn't matter. Uh, pressure it doesn't matter. Like just it's oh. it's swill no matter what you do with it. Well, it is indeed that I can I can vouch for that for sure. Mm. Is it is it better or worse than absinthe? Absinthe at least has the decency to be sweet. True. So the closest I can think is Jaeger. But it's not. It does also Jaeger's kind of sweet. So it's got yeah, that li- black licorice. I don't hate. Thing. I don't hate Jaeger. But it's got that black licorice thing. And I don't yeah. really care for that. I don't, I don't like black licorice, but like Jaeger, you meet enough people that grew up in Boston that uh, buy you shots, and you're in the. You're going in the. Oh doing sure, shots of Jaeger. Yeah, that'll do it. You ever, you ever go to? Uh, Jesus, I'm trying to think. Some towny bar. <laughs> out in the county they used to have like this metal show there called faces of meat faces of meat I charlac love or something okay maybe? charlac pub yeah. but they used to have i went there one time and everyone working there had shirts that said ice cold jaeger shots i'm like i know what kind of place this is yeah as soon as you see that <laughs> that's how you know the only pubs i would go out to in the north county area would, uh, mimi subway oh, yeah you go there once in a while the only underground bar in that area it's not bad no, I mean, it's fine. Burgers are pretty good. Yeah, burgers are good, actually. But it was just it's like a weird place. And I was always too young, and then I moved away. And then when I came back and I was old enough, like, nobody I knew went there anymore. So I was oh, like, oh, it's fuck. definitely like a uh, like sad white man bar. Oh, yeah. Where, like, where you go because, like, you retired from Emerson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you, your wife is tired of having you around the house. The grandkids are too old <laughs> to have anything to do with you now. So you just... You go to the Mimi's, yeah. and you drink ice-cold stag. Yeah, yeah. Watch the game. Yeah. I can't believe the fucking cars lost to the Pirates again. What the fuck? Yeah. Damn fucking bunch of amateurs. Bunch of amateurs. Hey, it's 48 Minutes Dogs Barking. My name's Jason. This is Brian. We're uh, we're deep in our North County memories at this point. Jeez, yeah. Oh, boy. What was the uh, title of the most recent episode? The One title last. of the most recent episode was that classic Home Alone type of style. Uh, based on the riff that uh, came out because I <laughs> accidentally <laughs> said that during the shot at JPEG. 
<laughs> Why do you ask? Oh, because I was like, I figured it had to be either that or uh, there's nothing in the Talmud that says a dog cannot play basketball. It was 50-50, yeah. I couldn't, the, the, I, unfortunately, that one's a little long. It's a very long. And even uh, that classic Home Alone type of style is like, can I just call it Home Alone style? No, because that's not the whole phrase that I said. And I think the way you put it is, is pretty <laughs> elegant, even if it could have been shortened. I think that's some good verbiage there. So what's going on in the internet here, Jason? Oh my God, Brian. A lot of really incredibly dumb shit. I had to find out some new people I'd never heard of. We all keep saying we're going to disavow. <laughs> disavow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I the pulled the this up on this, this? the guy's face. Yeah. What the fuck is this? But we all disavow Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. We still go there and we find new things Every to give day. us psychic damage. Yeah. Well, so this is a guy who's who goes by the name Chugga Conroy. So he's a YouTuber. It's a guy who who plays video games on YouTube. Well, basically, people are saying that he's uh, creepy, creepy sexually. Another content creator by the name of Lady Emily took to Twitter to allege that uh, he has a foot fetish and would request foot pics from her. So one of the things is that he would send shoes (laughs) as a gift, but then say, hey, can I get a picture of you wearing those? Uh Uh-huh. So this was a couple days ago. Lady Emily, this according to Sports Kita. I don't even know what the hell this site is, but here it is. Uh, It says, on January 16th, Lady Emily took to, it says X, I'm going to say Twitter, fuck that, to reveal that Chugga repeatedly tried to, quote, initiate erotic foot fetish role play with her while he had a girlfriend. She also shared that he once sent her shoes and subsequently troubled her constantly asking for feet pics which makes you think that his girlfriend has some nasty feet yeah you probably because you're not getting it at home right yeah, that's you know, the, <laughs> you're certainly not getting home these bunions ain't doing it for me hon <laughs> too many corns i gotta go out there. Cor- can i just pay for a manny and petty for you babe can right I? he's offering every day she's saying no some of the messages that he sent her were uh, here's some of the quotes I'm into that, but only with my significant other. I just also like talking about shoes with people because it's also an interest. I know that might be a lot to share, and I'm sorry if it is, but I feel it's best to just be open with people and consider what I'd like to know if I was in their position. All right, yeah, that's a little weird. Mm -hmm. And then another message here quoted, walks up behind you and trips you up with some fancy footwork. You thud to the ground and I yank your sneakers off in an instant. Ha ha ha, loser, chucks them at you. Also creepy. Also really weird. This is, this is uh, kid reading show and jump in English <laughs> class type ass behavior. Yeah. So he did apologize. Obviously, I'm sorry, you know, uh, for overstepping uh, feet that overstep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Overstepping mm-hmm. the boundaries of our friendship. This will not happen again. It will not be a feat for me to overcome. <laughs> no easy feat. Yeah. Some people, of course, found his apology wanting. Agent Purr, expecting Chugga Conroy's response to be something like this, which is the clip from Ted, where, where uh, the stuffed bear uh, tries to calm everyone down and then runs away. Yeah, despite the apology, he evidently continues to be a topic of discussion online. Here's the tweet in question, Chugga Conroy. Hey, I want to say I'm sorry to Emily. Uh, I'd rather have time to collect my thoughts than to react immediately and ask that you not contact my friends about this. Also weird (laughs) (laughs) please stop asking my friends why i'm such a freak (laughs) you know like getting someone else into your foot fetish is fine but uh you gotta get consent for that there's ground rules 
You know what I mean? Like you got to. I'm really angry at you for bringing this person to my life. As am I. I said this elsewhere. I think I said it online. I'm like, I'm really mad that I now have to know, A, who this person is, and B, why they're a freak. I could have lived my life blissful in my ignorance, but here we are. Here we are, (laughs) having to know about Chug. Just call him Chugga. Chugga. Chug Chug Chauncey. (laughs) Chug Chauncey. Peckin' Chauncey. Chugga Chugga Chop. Chewy Chewy Chop. Chicken, the Chinese, the Chinese, Chinese chicken? chicken. Yeah, you get a drumstick and your brain starts sticking. <laughs> you watch an X Files with no lights on, which is the only way to watch that show. It's so dark. Anyway, oh, bare naked ladies riffs. Really, uh, this is where we're at. Uh, so this guy, Jason Carman, I I say Carman because it's not Carmen. It's not C A R M E N. It's C A R M A N. So I just did. Jason Carman posted. Here's my 29 slides explaining Tenet. It was a tenet for dummies. It was a presentation. And and he did the whole thing and explained the whole movie, which if you've seen it, it doesn't, at least in my opinion, I don't think it needs explaining. The movie kind of tells you everything you need to know. But I haven't seen it. Okay. I, I heard there's a magical Negro. <laughs> it's the main character. He's not a magical Negro. <laughs> His main character. He doesn't have a he name, hops, though. He hops on an old tiny steamboat. No! No, no. <laughs> Singing the old old man tenant. I don't know. (laughs) So then people were saying something about, you know, oh, man, you know, what would happen if you tried to show this to someone in real life? And so he goes, okay, all right, fine. That's at Jason Joyride, by the way. Here's me on my date giving my tenant PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) You time travel backwards. Now there's two of you in that moment in time and you interact with each other. And you, future you, tells the past you not to, do it. to not do it. Okay. And so now in the future, there's two of you. Oh, I see what you're saying, because you're both not just moving forward. Yeah, and the timelines converge. I don't see why that wouldn't I happen. I hate that these cameras don't have the same light, uh, white balance. <laughs> That's what you're focusing on. Yeah, one's much warmer than the other. The deeply uncomfortable look on yeah. her face is not enough for you. She knew what she was getting into. Right, because he did say to her, this, this is what's going to happen. This is like a Tinder date where you ambush someone and you, you talk about the time that like... Uh, Can I tell you about my dental surgery? And then you go on for an hour, for 20 minutes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you want you want to see where I got this stoma? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. You're right. It's definitely... So it's got, it makes its own brine. Ooh. It's definitely different because, yes, he did tell the date... Up front, this is what you're getting into. This is not. I was hoping more of a Sam Hyde bit. I well, or a, or a Nathan Fielder. Yeah, an ambush. Even so, the whole thing. It's 18 minutes or so. It's on this Twitter feed again. The guy's name is at uh, Jason Joyride. It's amusing to watch because she starts out very very befuddled, and then as she is given this presentation, she does start to kind of get into this, which. I was shocked by. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, I, I think there is one thing that does not engage people is when a white guy wearing a denim jacket <laughs> is very enthusiastic about a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, generally that, doesn't that end generally well. Generally, yeah. is a, a hello human resources kind of response. <laughs> Yo, like, there's people if I if there, if, like I work with people if they came up to me and tried to talk to me about this movie, right. I would have been like, oh, they're going the building oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is like what one of my co-workers would do to get back at me for saying that 11 joins the idf in the new season <laughs> she's trying to kill oh. arafat hey yeah Come boy on. i uh have lost all desire to watch that final season of that show yeah 
I get it. Considering like I put off watching it for so many years, watched it over the summer or two summers ago. I was going to say, yeah. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And was like, damn, okay. Yeah. There's some parts about this or <laughs> season two. They're absolutely uh-huh. dog shit. Like yeah. season, season two is like watching showgirls like at half speed. <laughs> like, oh, you guys didn't think you were going to get a second season. They yet. clearly did not. Yeah. 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 But yeah, season five, wow, it's sure sure gonna be bad. Not only that, but yeah, a lot of people's interest is definitely not yeah. peaked. The whatever the opposite of peaking your interest is, this is it. Thinking of all of like the Netflix shows that people actually liked that didn't get even a, a second season mm-hmm. or, or Amazon shows even, uh Paper Girls, for example. Uh, the peripheral, yeah. Peripheral, yeah. But there's going to be like 30 seasons of Fleabag or some shit. No, Fleabag's over. Oh, it's over? Yeah, Fleabag's over. I mean, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Miss Maisel went on for five somehow, though. Jesus. I don't know how that... I don't know how... But yeah. uh, it's like it's definitely not the star power. I got, this stuff just must have been just so cheap, so cheap to make. I mean, but although, I mean, the costumes and sets were pretty lavish and good yeah. looking. So, I mean, I don't know. Anywho, speaking of things that I do not want to uh, look forward to, I do not want to look forward to ever eating at Linda Yaccarino's house. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've seen online in a while, and it's just one image. Sunday sauce, a pasta sauce that, that Linda Yaccarino's is making. At Linda Ya X is, is her at, obviously. If you spend any time on on. Twitter, you know that she's the new, uh, the head honcho, the new boss. The person that, like, I think the, the riff is that, like, Elon Musk is like, oh, yeah, so what if, we, uh, what if we took all mentally uh, disabled people and crushed them into a paste and used that to create a ladder into uh, into the uh, stratosphere? Right. Uh, and then she, re- and then, like, and then she's tweeting, like, wow, look at what my fifth grader made. Isn't it so great? Everything happens on X. <laughs> Yeah. That is definitely the format of, you know, of what Elon happens. Musk, Elon Musk dropping a file front link to the pro calls of Elder Zion and Linda tweeting about how like, gosh, I just discovered this new perfume. Chocolate sure is yummy if, if you've had a long day. Um, <laughs> like This one even more so. Sunday sauce with mom. There are raisins in those meatballs. If you know, you know. Now, Brian, you and I are amateur chefs. I have never once, not once, heard of anyone putting raisins in the meatballs. Have you? I can't say I ever have. This is news to me. I've made meatballs a thousand different ways. This ain't one of them. No. I'm just trying to figure out how that works, If even if it does. Yeah, because, you're okay, so you're putting them, because, you know, you got your meat, you got your uh, breadcrumbs, and whatever, like onion maybe, like if you're really, really minced tightly, a little garlic, this, that. Where, at what, I guess you're putting them in at the point where you're, before you're even shaping them? I would imagine it would be at the, very, at the forming stage, yeah. Right, because it would have to be buried deep within, otherwise you're going to have them on the outside and it's going to be like a fucking chocolate chip cookie, but with raisins and it's a meatball. Ugh. It's baffling to me. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's a foul thing. And a lot of people have felt the same. Wapple House, uh, Linda, and I mean this respectfully, Queen, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, kettlebell Dan? I don't know. <laughs> Raisins? I don't know. Linda responds, trust me. <laughs> Old friend 99. Awful thing to say. <laughs> and, and, a, and a, uh, a a Sopranos still for this one. You know what? It's too fucked up to even think about. <laughs> Good old friend Vrunt. It's just a series of stills of the ads they got, which was about bras apparently that day. Which was women who know this are ditching painful bras, and then as seen on Shark Tank. So I guess he's just saying like, "Hey, the 
products that you're advertising are crap. <laughs> but in general, the consensus is, dude, what the fuck? That's disgusting. Yeah, I can't see it. I, I don't understand. And, and, I, and I know every family has like some weird, disgusting like food that, that, that only they eat. Yeah. But this is somehow more upsetting than like Warford salad. Yeah, or ambrosia salad even. Oh. Like a sweet salad? Uh, my dad's girlfriend likes to make terrible food. Okay. Like she what's made a terrible food? Sugar free I think it was a chocolate or pumpkin pie hmm. two Thanksgivings ago. Hmm. And did not mention it until like half of us has already gotten the slice. Oh yeah, it's 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 sugar free. And you can see just everyone just be yeah, like, How the, do I get rid of this? The gear is a Oh, this is like it's immediately just like, oh, it was just fucking just throw out the window <laughs> oh i dropped it on the floor I'm yeah so no, sorry. her her cooking is is dangerous there's a one time this is gosh like 10 years ago she made a custard pie okay i guess also decided not to put any sugar in this one. Oh no so it just tasted like egg Ugh. like like imagine like a like, a, like, a, like a, a fluffy omelet cake and <laughs> And she, this was like after dinner, like, oh, I made like custard pie. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, awesome. I uh, love some pie. Sure. And, and I had that first bite. And I was like, oh, this is going to be tough. And like my sister's husband at the time put on some coffee. And so I'm trying really hard to like put a piece of my mouth and put some coffee in there as well. <laughs> just to kind of just yeah. to try and make something. <laughs> t- oh, God, I must look like a fucking fool. I still think about that. Like, uh, oh man, that's terrible. Oh yeah, it means it would be like someone presenting like a beautiful cake. It looks like cake when you slice it, and, then you, right. and you're like, oh, actually, it's ground up dog food with with food coloring. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's so, the dog's cake. That's yeah. the dog's cake. Yeah. My cousin's husband works for a, a, a local company that does dog cakes, and I've seen some of his work, and it definitely looks real. It, it looks like a, a person cake. So but it's, it's for doggy. It's, yeah, but it's for doggy. So we talked last week about the Chicago rat hole, Brian. Yeah. Well, I just found out about something even more disturbing. The sacrificial Buffalo Bills pit. <laughs> this originally came from a tweet that I saw. This this gentleman goes by the name of Buffa Clothes. I have a source inside the ECMC emergency room that has informed me that, despite no reports shared by local media, they have seen a patient that's fallen into the pit on every single game day since the start of the Bills' five-game whim streak. So, Buffalo Bills, notably a, a long-suffering team in the NFL, there is a new stadium being built for them. Right. The idea is that if a Buffalo Bills fan falls into the hole in the construction area where the new stadium is being built, the team... We'll win. <laughs> so, so the idea is that people uh, will be like throwing themselves into the pit. Tyrone Billiams uh, at Buffwagon819. Keep it going. The pit must be fed. <laughs> I know a, a couple of Bills fans for whatever reason. At least they're not Cowboys fans. That's fair. This is uh, courtesy of Know Your Meme. Others joining in on the superstition as it continued to spread on social media. Uh, Twitter user No Shavy Davy posted a picture of Hillary Clinton. This here Taylor Swift when she sees a Bills fan on seven different drugs leave a porta potty, jump a fence, and dive into the pit. <laughs> that type of of humor has been following this bit around. There's a special place where Buffalo Bills fans must hurl themselves to ensure a win. 
We're bringing back the old gods, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the old ways are are, yeah. are coming alive they, again. They've never left us. We just forgot about them till now. There's a great AI-generated one where it's just <laughs> Bolo Bill's sacrificial pit. <laughs> Amazing. Well, my friend John's going to be happy that they're winning. Yeah. Oh, well. Football. Football, indeed. Well, we're coming up on the big game, Brian. You're not excited about the big game? The big game? Are you talking about... Uh, the thing we legally can't say because it would be otherwise be covered by the NFL and we don't have the licensing rights? Yes, that one. Sounds lame. The big game, Brian. We're such a fucking broken country. Yeah. Where a a technical nonprofit for a sport where that gives <sighs> men fucking old man brains by the time they're like 45 mm-hmm. from concussions and repeated stress injuries and all that can copyright the superb owl. Yeah. It just seems like the fundamentally broken that like the, yeah. like, you know, sometimes you try to wonder like what's, what, what's more evil, the NFL or like Catholic church or ISIS 50, 50 on that one. Yeah. yeah it's know. a rough one. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where you got to go, well, I guess I guess when you win the draft round in ISIS, they they put (laughs) (laughs) go on. They get uh, they 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 slit your throat on video. (laughs) (laughs) You selected in the first round. (laughs) I am terribly sorry. Extremely bad taste. I don't know why. Extremely extremely poor taste. Well, you know it wasn't in poor taste, Brian. Awesome games done quick. Did you watch Awesome Games I, Done I, Quick this I year? I didn't. I uh, I know I'll probably go back and watch a couple. I saw there was a Silent Hill two speed run. Yes, yes. Let's check out. I, I enjoyed some of the Elden Ring speed runs from last year. Yeah, those um, were really really exciting. Some of those are really fun. Yeah, yeah. I also enjoyed like the Resident Evil two remake that like Buck Buck Soup or whatever Buck mm-hmm. Soup or whoever people know what I'm talking about and. Yeah, I don't remember, <laughs> remember any, any people's names, unfortunately. I just remember like, oh, yeah, I saw this great Bloodborne run this year. Or Oh, know, the, the guy that has like the really big voice. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, we're going to get two. <laughs> you know, Jesus. Talk about a guy that figured out his gimmick. You know, you good really for him. Did. He you does really like the randomizer did. and all that now. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, so this year there was a couple of surprises, not the least of which was this one that really cracked me up. This courtesy of Kotaku. Speedrunning dog didn't set record at AGDQ 2024, comma, still good boy. Peanut Butter is the name of the dog. His an- owner announced last year that Peanut Butter would be the first dog to speedrun at the event. He trained PB, which is how they're abbreviating this, Peanut Butter, to play the old NES game Gyromite. You remember Gyromite, Brian? Yes, um, that is where the peripheral ROB comes from. Yes, um, I actually right. believe it or not, I actually have some of the gyro uh, mite. the little tops, discs or whatever, the yeah, spinning tops. Yeah, yeah, I actually even have like the little thing you put them into to speed them up. Here's a clip, courtesy of Twitch. Leave it. By the way, we did a chat. That's going to be GG when you hear the jingle. No, pee pee. Stand by and ready. Good job, get that cheese. Good job. That's awesome. And so, yeah, so with a specially made controller, PB and his owner completed Gyromite in 25 minutes and 29 seconds, which unfortunately is not the record. The record is now 24 minutes and 39 seconds. Despite the years of training, he was not able to clutch the, the speedrunning record by a non-human, but... 
That's still not that bad. That's pretty amazing for a dog to learn to play an NES game at all, much less in 25 minutes. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree that while PB might not be the most skilled gamer in the world, he's easily the best and least shitty gamer on the planet. So, yes, I will go ahead and give that one to him. Good boy. Uh, Brian, have you ever wondered what you would look like if you were black or Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. All the time. All the time. Have you? You've, so you've heard of Walter White. What yeah. about Walter Black and Walter Chinese? <laughs> so this has been a thing that's been going on on Twitter for a while. This is a guy whose Twitter account is at v Lone Predator. He literally finds a ran- whatever random post. The other day it was about Martin Luther King, and race swaps the, the person in the picture. Here's what Martin Luther King would look like if he was white or Chinese. <laughs> Amazing. And you really have to see these for yourself, folks, because there's really no other way to put it except, like, they're really bizarre. Well, you know, the uh, the bootleg come town fee was called the Black Adam fee. Because <laughs> someone took a, took a similar program and took an infamous foe of Adam Freeland and made him black. And then that just became, like, the inside joke, Black Adam. And then, of course, the movie comes out. The movie out. comes out, yeah. <laughs> He's done it to a, a number of people. Uh, here's a, a scene stir with the you know piled high hair. And someone would just, like, post a selfie, and this guy would just show up and be like, here's what you would look like if you were black or Chinese. Amazing. Why? That's my question. I just don't know why. I don't get it. I guess, I mean, it's a funny joke, but it's still odd. Now, he did get doxxed and then posted a picture of himself. Here's what I would look like if I was black <laughs> I guess fair dig him, you know. Uh, just, no one's done an interview with this guy, and no one's figured this guy's whole deal out it's just here's what you would look like if you were black or chinese why those two I, like, it's baffling but if you ever see a meme or something where it's like okay now what if that person was black or chinese now you know that there's someone out there on twitter doing this for whatever reason i mean this one, one the woman on the right on this one looks like sandra oh a young sandra oh so it's kind of weird i don't know man i feel weird about that one because it's like is it racist i don't know i mean everything's inherently racist if you think about it <sighs> that's fair enough i just uh, then it starts to go how racist is it well you know what isn't racist uh oh uh <laughs> nfts <laughs> that's uh, right. the shaniqua noho nfts are, are live folks the by Felicia NFT is live. Do you uh, even remember Shaniqua Noho? No. What is this? Shaniqua Noho was like one of the first Kickstars where people were like, it seems a little racist. Was that the one that the guy did the movie? No, it no. was like a, a manga style comic. Oh my God. That the main character was a, a black anime girl. And her name was Shaniqua <laughs> Noho. Shaniqua Noho. Because there was a movie. Where they did like a Freaky Friday thing where a white, an old white guy becomes a young black woman and it was called like Shaniqua because that's apparently the like the racist go-to name for a black woman. It's very bizarre. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, NFTs. You're right, Brian. It's a crypto scam of the week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Which means that we've got to take a look at two rug pulls in a week. So January 8th, Undead Ape Society creator charged over rug pull. Molly White, Web3 is going great. We all know the creator of a Solana-based NFT project called the Undead Ape Society 
has been charged with money laundering conspiracy and making false statements to investigators after rug-pulling fans of his NFT project. Devin Roden, an active-duty senior airman in the Air Force, Christ almighty, has created the project and minted two collections, Undead Apes and Undead Lady Apes. Oh, well, you know, here's what your Undead Lady Ape would look like if it was black or Chinese. And <laughs> they promised to then mint a third collection, Undead Tombstones, However, the project turned out to be a rug pull. The prices of the two collections plummeted as a result to their connection to a scam product. The Undead Tombstones project raised 1,250 soul April 2022, which at the time was around $128,000. Investigators subpoenaed his Discord. Oh, boy. Troubling messages from him to, to, to someone who he just keeps calling Kitten. Oh, I'm, I'm making that up. Uh, they found messages celebrating the fact Pull that Pull the quitty, Kitten. Daddy's home. <laughs> He's quoted in the Discord messages as saying, quote, Good shit on us making a fuck ton of money, he wrote to his co-conspirator. Not good, folks. When you get your Discord shit subpoenaed, that's generally a bad sign. And it's a bit of a twofer this week because there's another rug pull that happened the day before Mango Farm Soul, the Solana Yield Farming Project. I haven't heard of a fucking yield farm in forever. Yeah. Yield farms were like the ultimate scams on Well, yeah, because you're BSC. sending someone because you're sending someone tokens and and expecting something back. Like, no, this is not... <laughs> well, the whole thing would be, like, you would see, like, a yield farm, and it would be, like, you know, 50 million percent yield, mm, mm-hmm. and the whole entire thing might be live for 30 minutes before it gets rug-pilled, and it's, or, right. or uh, yeah, rug-pulled, I should say. I don't know, rug-pilled kind of feels like how I feel every time I look yeah. at crypto news. But there was uh, ramen... Gosh, I'm trying to think. Ramen, of, yeah, ramen swap. That was ramen swap. I remember that one because I think we reported on Viking that one. swap. Viking swap was like the first BSC farm that kind of just fucking throw on the t- like one that wasn't like outright first a scam. There was also salt swap, which had Salt Bay as oh, its logo. God. Ice cream swap, which was another kind of infamous rug. I think the only um, BSC farm project that wasn't like an outright scam, which is which uh, was Ape Swap. Okay. Which is now Ape Bond. I haven't kept up with their project. But the guy who was in charge of Ape Swap called himself like Uncle Duty or something. <laughs> he was like, uh, like Duty, like like Dookie? Like, I like think it was poop? like a Tim and Eric reference. Okay. Like the guy seemed to have a lot of Tim and Eric energy to him. Okay. And it was really weird one time being in their telegram that he just like not posted in the telegram for days and he just like posts like Uncle Dewey feeling very horny. (laughs) 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 Uncle Dewey feeling very horny. Or Yabby Dewey. I can't remember what his username was, but like it just like would crack me up. Well, that's an episode title right there. Uncle Dewey feeling very horny. (laughs) Uncle Dewey feeling very (laughs) horny. We did have a bit of of follow-up on YouTube, by the way. We publish every episode to YouTube. Uh, If you have YouTube and you want to listen to the background, whatever it is that you're doing and during your work time, you're supposed to be working... Uh, one guy did say, uh, what's up with this episode title? You fuck with Winnipeg skating? I'm like, yeah, actually, we kind of do. Jankum kicks ass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot about that. Did you watch that video? I did. Yeah, it was, it was fucking, great. It, it was great. Yeah. It's, great the fucking, uh, it's called the- Horny Mom Busts a Fat Tray Flip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where they drive the minivan under the skate park. <laughs> park. 
I also like the part where like the guy like lifts up his shirt and the frozen pizza falls out. <laughs> or they're whipping the Hardy's sign with a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's just every every single bit of that is just fucking amazing. I gotta go rewatch it. It's that, cut man. so well and it just flows, it's really good. If you've not seen it yet, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's called Horny Mom Bust a Fat Tray Flip. You're gonna get that and you're gonna get our episode on YouTube. Those are your two gonna be your two results. Look at that one, Jenkin Mag, fantastic. But Mango Farm so Solana. Now Solana got in trouble recently, didn't they? Wasn't that a big thing about that? Uh, because being, uh, Solana, their whatever the people behind it can stop the chain from perpetuating. Okay. That's why Solana was sub twenty dollars for so long. I think sure. now it's almost fifty. Right. There might even be more. A uh, hundred and so that's a a, a, a juicy ten X. Okay. From where it was, I think like six months ago. Okay. But it wasn't worth shit because it was like a laughable coin. Yeah. Because it had all of these issues with running correctly. No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like it seemed like to do like, it seemed like it was failing at the basic things that a uh, blockchain was supposed to do. But now it's full of rugs, full of, and I think the only NFT projects that are technically profitable right now are on the Solana blockchain. Um, a lot of the only like fucking a lot of weird ass projects like it's cheaper gas Mm -hmm. than ethereum so people just make shit coins in there and some of them go somewhere and some of them don't it feels like solana is going to probably be the bsc of this bull run Mm. which means it will probably be the chain where all the crazy dumb bullshit were you know (laughs) A triple homicide in Dayton, Oof. you know, is because a uh, Solana NFT project, you know, uh, pudgy pussies or something, it's <laughs> fat cat <laughs> NFT randomized project. This was the pitch: thirty percent of a dollar sign mango supply is up for grabs. Deposit dollar sign Sol into Mango Farm dot and based on the amount you deposited and the amount of referrals deposits, you'll get a mango airdrop. And then it says you may gain 1.1x to 4x multiplier on your airdrop based on how many referral points you accrue. Referral multipliers are given out based on the number of users and soul that your wallet's referral link generates. Classic pyramid scheme shit. You're going to get more if you spread this out to more people. Not great. Cointelegraph here. The pseudonymous developer of Delegate Fubar warned in a January 6th post that the project's front end was compromised. He'd recently been appointed as Mango Farm Soul's security auditor. In response to users' questions about what could have happened, Fubar suggested it could be a rug pull, and sure enough, within a day, that very thing he predicted happened. The profile and website have gone dark. Telegram channel with a thousand subscribers no longer accepts members. The losses are estimated $2 million. Fuck. Yeah. Not great. I, I get the feeling we'll be seeing a lot of these over the next year. Yeah, it kind of feels like it. Well, that's also interesting because Molly White here, Web3 is going great. Mango Farm Salt is unrelated to another Solana-based mango-themed project, Mango Markets, which was exploited October 2022 for more than $100 million. So mm. I guess they hoped to kind of piggyback on that maybe i have no idea it kind of feels everyone like... likes mangoes yeah mangoes are great so brian our main topic this week is something i haven't thought about in a long time even though it's not even really all that old it's about 20 years old compared to some other sites that we've covered on here you know yeah gaia online 
The anime hat game. The anime hat game. Or was that Maple Story? That was Maple Story. Yeah, yeah. I okay. was going to say there's anime <laughs> stuff in here too. They had a Doki Doki Literature Club uh, tie-in, but but no, this is a, a, bit, a little bit different. It was more of I'm trying to think. It was social gaming forum based. Yeah, kind of deal. Their whole thing was this here from their original About Us page, founded in 2003. Gaia Online is the leading online hangout on the web. More than 7 million visitors come to Gaia every month to make friends, play games, watch movies in Gaia cinemas, Gaia's virtual theaters, and participate in the world's most active online community. Gaia provides a fun social environment that inspires individually and creatively. The long and short of it, it was a place for teens. Places for, for teens to be cool and to have fun. Essentially. I mean, that's what they were trying for. There there was some anime-style stuff. I mean, obviously, the name itself kind of uh, gets into that. 2007, from uh, gigaom.com. I don't even know what that... I guess it was like a tech site here. Move over MySpace. Gaia Online is here. <laughs> what? I know. Uh, <laughs> James Wagner here. By the middle of last year, it was attracting half a million unique visitors monthly. Fast forward to last month, and that number is 2 million. It's not a traditional MMO like World of Warcraft. It's not a social game like there. Whew, boy, there. That's a blast. Uh, it's not. Ooh. It doesn't originate from Europe like Have a Hotel or from Asia like Cyworld. You haven't heard of it partly because the San Jose company has kept a low profile. Another reason you're likely still in the dark, it's primarily designed for teens. It's called Gaia Online. And as a guy on a giant crane behind us tore down the giant Web 2.0 conference banner in Moscone West, I had a chance to sit down with the CEO, former COO of MyFamily.com, an entrepreneur in residence with Benchmark Capital. <laughs> so already they had some, uh, some VC money, I guess you'd yeah. say, behind it. Didn't Fart used to work there? <laughs> yeah, I think he did, yeah. According to Craig Sherman, the world's fastest growing online world hangout for teens, the way they describe it, uh, brainchild of Studio XD. Yes, the, the XD in the, uh, I'm closing my eyes, I'm making a really goofy face shorthand. <laughs> Studio XD, by the way, proud uh, affiliate of Udon, named after a noodle. So Gaia was a Java-based website, series of virtual towns. You make your own avatar. The Gaias can then socialize with apartments you can own, treasures you can find. No combat. No combat. Uh, 10% of total user activity takes place in the world itself. So they can upload artwork. That was a big thing because, you know, right. teens love to do oh, art and show the, off their They art. love their duels. They love their deviant arts. Mm -hmm. They love their... Uh... Worth one thousand. Yes, and her flicker posts or whatever. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> my my phone bucket is full of drawings of anime me decapitating yeah. my stepfather. <laughs> Nothing personal, kid. Yeah, they got group chats. They got flash mini games. They really were trying to outdo MySpace for a social site, which for a while they kind of did. They also had, in a very very early sense of the word, a freemium economy. So they had gold you could buy, clothing for your avatar, right? There was an auction site where you could take stuff that you got in the game and then game. The stuff that you got from the site. I keep wanting to call it a game. It's not a game. It's kind of gameish, but yeah. Gamified. It's a gamified hangout. 
They would show ads. You know, I mean, there was a lot of really old school web stuff that was happening. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, teens are very reliable. If you can get the teens, you can get the ad money because they go to the movies. They, you know, they go and eat. They hang. You know, they they buy they're, stuff online. They're doing each other's Adderall and Xanax. <laughs> They're trying to have a good time. <laughs> trying. They love the. They they're the demographic. They want to be coddled. I like to think of Gaia as kind of an extension, because you know Neopets. I don't think we've talked about Neopets on the show before, but nope. Neopets was its own thing. It was very younger kid friendly. You know, kind of your your six to tens or whatever. And and this would fit right in with like that's the next step. You know, you're done with your Neopets and you want to kind of do something else online that's a bit more teen themed. This is the place to go. So they got advertisers on board. In fact, uh, they tried to make a big campaign for the movie The Last Mimsy. You ever heard of this movie? I vaguely remember that. Mimsy. Mimsy was like super intelligent. Bunny Rabbit, if I remember the movie. It's been a very long time. Siblings Emma and Noah discover oh. a box full of strange items they believe are toys. It sounds like something I would not watch. Yeah, no, it's definitely a kid to teen movie somewhere in there. And so, like, why would people get on this? Well, again, a lot of this can be chalked up to teens. There was no YouTube. Well, 2003. It's a, a lot of this stuff is fuzzy for me because, you know, I was a, at this point I was a, becoming an adult. Okay, so YouTube was 2005. So yeah, that kind of tracks that they're trying to keep current. Some people weren't into oversharing on MySpace. Some people didn't have access to Facebook at the time. So this was kind of the middle ground. And it was also, you could make yourself a cool like anime-looking yeah, avatar. Look at me. Uh, I, I'm riding like Sephiroth. Yeah, and the, the breakdown by gender here, according to this article, 55% girls. Which makes a lot of sense. Again, avatars, customizable clothes, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, 20% of subscribers put their real-life photo in their avatar profile. 10% are English-speaking but non-U.S. And the other 85% users are based in the U.S. with a random 5% just being listed as other. So very U.S.-centric. I'm sure a lot of people from the U.K. weren't really even interested in this. One of the comments on this article, I just tried it. Considering it's about as lame as MySpace on every level and absolutely not innovative, just like MySpace, it will likely get massively financed and sold a major media conglomerate for a billion dollars. They're not that far off. 2007, according to Wikipedia, a million posts were made daily, 7 million unique visitors a month. It got on a bunch of awards, including Time's Best 50 Websites, and it won the 2011 Mashable Best User Experience Award. That was interesting because... I found it really hard to kind of navigate, but there that was a different place back then. I remember just like if a site had decent frames, like oh that was a win. <laughs> like web design, yes, yes, was uh, very free form back then, and not always in a good way. Now there was an MMO like thing called ZOMG. I never played it myself. It says a big open beta testing November two thousand eight. And it uh, lasted for about six years. 2017, they announced a revival of that was on the way. One of the celebrities that came out of Gaia Online, you may have heard of, goes oh, by wow. the name of Catherine Wayne, also known as Boxy. Boxy. Boxy Baby. Early YouTube uh, personality. But it was originally videos addressed to her Gaia Online friends. That was, that was where uh, she got her start there. They were reposted to I Am Bored, and then 4chan got a hold of her, 
for those of you who are not familiar with Boxy, I think we might have to do a, a separate video just on her or a separate yeah. episode just on her because um, it's an interesting story because much like Chris Chan or any number of people that 4chan got a hold of, their life was changed by the fact that 4chan turned their eyes uh, on spe- them. Speaking yeah. of, of former... For eight minutes of dogs barking subject. Yes, uh, Chris Chan. Yes, uh, they just got uh, you know a, a shout out from uh, Keffels. Yes, on being the mom incest charge. Ugh. What 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 a terrible what well, a terrible world we live in. Well, Keffels also just posted a new Patreon tier. If you pay Keffels a hundred thousand dollars, she'll release the unedited Chris Chan interview. You know what? That <laughs> I, I that I don't respect. Keffel's doing that interview. I do respect the that hustle. Part. Yeah. I respect the. Yeah. I would. I would honestly would just done fifty k because. Yeah, it seems uh, maybe it's just a matter of like, hey, you know what? I don't actually want to release this. Let's set it at a number no one's going to hit. Unrelated, uh, GoFundMe has been set up for. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Oh yeah, there, there was a bunch of tie-ins actually. Not just legend. Not just the Mimsy movie, but they did a um, a Skittles thing. I think for Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton version. Legend of the Guardians is the CG movie about owls. It was a baby. It was very odd. And a uh, Treehouse from Adventure Time. Oh, fucking mathematical, bro. <laughs> I know. Uh, they did have multiple mobile apps, which was one of the first things that. I'm sure a lot of people were really chomping at the bit for, again, forums, messing with your avatar, and a virtual world rallies. Not the burger joint, sadly. But the burger joint. I love rallies. Those fries. Oh, my God. I, I can't tell you last time I, uh, I had fucking rallies. It's probably been like six, seven years. Well, it's a greasy little treat, and if you feel like your stomach can handle it, I recommend it, because those fries are something else, if for nothing else than the fries. I remember the Big Buford actually being uh, pretty good. It's a pretty solid burger, yeah. But yeah, boy, if you really want to read up on all this guy online stuff, there's just... uh, They had so much crap, and it was all centered around doing shit and being a teen. I don't remember there being a lot of teen-based spaces online that weren't MySpace when I was that young. Because I'm trying to think, what what was it that I did online when I was a teen? LiveJournal. LiveJournal was pretty much it. Maybe have a hotel? But it, or Club Penguin, even? Oh. I missed this by a couple of years because I was no longer a teen. I guess it just passed me by. Oh, God, they did a Paul Blart Mall concert. <laughs> <laughs> Sisterhood, the traveling pants. A B movie. There you go. The Nancy Drew movie. Let's see here. You don't mess with the Zohan, which is an Adam Sandler movie. You seen this? It's an Adam Sandler movie about this IDF soldier that's like an invincible superhero <laughs> who, who does hair. <laughs> yes. That, that's, haven't that's I told? It. Haven't I told my you don't mess with the Zohan? I think you have actually about how there was these guys that would that would go through North County and shoplift. All the blockbusters. See, the thing I hated was that there were people who would come in with razor blades and like little magnets, and when they get the strips off and, and pop stuff out, and you wouldn't notice they stole something probably until hours after they left. But these right. dudes just came in and like strong armed and were super obvious. Like their faces were on camera, and it's just like, come on, man, have. Yeah. I mean, but they also did it for like a year without getting caught. So, but they came in one time. And they they were made so quickly because it was a, they came the wrong time. They usually they would show up like during like a Friday or Saturday night rush. Oh sure, uh, when we couldn't like fucking be like, hey, get the fuck out of here. 
And they stole, I want to say, at least a dozen copies of You Don't Mess With the Zohan on Blu-ray. <laughs> and Of all the movies. Because they immediately went to the left. Mm-hmm. And the hour wall is the new releases. Right. So You Don't Mess With the Zohan is like, at that time, the probably the biggest new release on that end of the wall. Baffling. To begin and with. so they saw that we were like, hey, get the fuck out of here, you dicks that they just grabbed a bunch and just ran out the door. <laughs> and, you know, it was, like, really weird, like, talking to the cop and, 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 like, you know, hey, this is what inventory says that we should have for Blu-rays of this movie. Yeah. And this is what we have on the shelf now. And I remember the cop just, like, shaking his head, like, imagine committing a felony for the worst Adam Sandler movie. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like, yeah. The worst Adam Sandler movie so far. At that point. I don't know. There was the one where he was also his twin sister. Uh, Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, despite its many faults, does have the Dunkachino thing in oh. there. So I'll I'll give it a pass okay. just for that. God, um, I'm just trying to think like um, I'm Bob and the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's pretty much the opening of the movie. <laughs> it's got March every time. It's going to not be very fun for you, sir. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. It sounds. Uh, I mean, I knew it was a terrible movie. Yeah, but it's almost like it's almost like top secret. Like almost to the point where like are you in on the joke? Are you doing is this a bit? Is this whole movie a fucking naked gun type of bit because it feels like it is. I saw it once and I still don't understand what they were going for. I don't uh, I, top I, secret or top secret. Oh, yeah. okay. Naked Gun, Top Secret, the Zucker, Abram Zucker parody movies, Airplane yeah. or or one of those. Yeah, Top Secret. That's what it's called. Val Kilmer, right? Young. Yeah, I was a little young. Isn't it the one where the guy, or isn't that the one where the dictator gets blown up with his dog and they mold back and together into a weird dog human? That is Hot Shots. Okay. That is the Charlie Sheen uh, one <laughs> that he made as a spoof of Rambo. Okay. Uh, but that is that's Hot Shots Part Two, okay, because see, they're because they're riffing little... on Terminator Two, which was big at the time. So that that see, I, I was a little young for those movies. No, Top Secret is Val Kilmer. He's this rock and roll singer who is actually a spy. So they're kind of riffing on old Elvis movies and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And his big song is Skeet Surfing. So That's it's like right. <laughs> he's on a surfboard skeet shooting. It's fucking ridiculous. I remember, I remember seeing that. I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty... Got to go back to that one every once in a while. That one and the young Val Kilmer comedies always stick with me. That one and Pure Genius. Okay. Where he, he plays the guy at Harvard. He's just fucking with all the nerds. It's great. He puts a transmitter in one of the guy's like fillings. And yeah. the doing... This is God. Stop jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> The whole climax of the movie is that they they fill an entire house with popcorn. I don't even remember the rest of the plot of the movie. That's the two things I remember from Pure Genius. Anyway. Guy Online. Guy Online. Let's see. Sonic and the Black Knight. Worst Sonic game. Uh, Sister of the Traveling Pants 2. Uh, uh, Naruto. God, Naruto has been running that long. Oh, and The Hills. Fucking worst TV show I've seen in a long time. Gosh, that's weird because that show was off went off the air like fifteen years ago. So it's it's that bad. It still yeah. hasn't still has not been messed. Not with. been topped uh, as far as I'm concerned. Like you know, you can keep up with the Kardashians all you want, but the Hills was just like pure shit. <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no redeeming qualities about it. I can't think of any well, like a one good thing. So guy online place for teens. 
definitely not of my time or yours, really. Yeah. Uh, and definitely, like they said, uh, really heavily weighted towards young girls. A lot of games, a lot of things to do. I, I think I had an high school girlfriend that was really in the Gaia Online, which yeah. really, I guess, makes sense. It definitely does. Did she get like really obsessive and like had to go on every day? Like had a like. I think it might have been like that. She was. Can't really call her being like a weeb because she sure. was half Korean. You know, like <laughs> fair it doesn't, enough. Doesn't that kind of just just means you're an anime? F- or I was gonna say, yeah, you just you'd like yeah. anime, yeah. I took her to see Don Vito at the Creepy Crawl. Oh God, that was that show. <laughs> that was that's why I took her to. <laughs> we weren't dating anymore at that time. We were still yeah, just friendly. Yeah, but I was like, "You want to go see this really weird show at the Creepy Crawl with me?" And it's just Don. <laughs> yeah. So Don Vito was like the proto Burt Kirshner. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> I've told that story on here. You have, okay, yes, yeah, that yes. was that was upsetting, really upsetting. Man. Yeah, it's, the one last thing I wanted to bring up is that they they had a couple of promotions with cars, and this tells you how old it is because the Scion was the car brand they they made a deal with. Scion, wow. you know anybody who owned a Scion, Brian? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What did they think of their Scion XD? Thought it was fine. Yeah. My, if you can believe it or not, my great aunt had one of those fucking toaster cars. Oh yeah, yeah. I I had a a guy who was a band with uh, had had one of those toaster cars. One thing that did happen after the 2017-2018 kind of revamp of Gaia Online is that they made an item that was a limited quantity that you had to buy with Gaia Gold. That was clearly based on Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh, this the new limited quantity, just dangerous me. What looks very much like the end of Doki Doki Literature Club, and it was available instant cash via PayPal or sign up for an angel subscription. But it turns out, Dan Salvato, the character designer for the Doki Doki Literature Club game, was not consulted. Here's a post from him on Twitter. From 2018, at Gaia Online, I discovered recently that you stole my character design and sold it for money. I don't understand why you felt the need to do this. DDLC is a free game, even. Which was true at the time. Yeah. Doki Doki Letters Club was free. So that was scummy and weird. They also had a, a couple of deals with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> because of course they incredible did incredible hulk goods <laughs> or hulk incredible Incre- hulk goods yeah 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 snoop would show up as an npc <laughs> in the game wall street journal apparently thought that was a good idea they're trying to do all these different brand synergies and all the stuff that was like officially sanctioned and like obviously sandler's production company paid for the zohan stuff but they couldn't get on board with the guy who created a free game that was the part that baffled me the most. Like you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna create an item that's based on a free game. You don't give the guy like a little, hey, we're gonna do this. Seemed weird. I mean, guy online. I think at the time was really raking in the dough. I, I had to just didn't give a shit. Yeah, same as it ever was, I guess. I did look at uh, John Hedren's Twitter account. Yeah, and there's okay. only one mention of Gaia online, and it's just him saying I worked at Gaia once to response to something he uh, posted early uh, late last year. Anyway, it's <laughs> time for Shock.jpg. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. Big bag. Big bag, Brian. 
it's time. Oh God, it's a web dot archive. Well, that, that's how you know. I had to look for it uh, high and low, and it's still not around. The bag slap. <laughs> no, the bag slap dot com, and this is a sub page of the bag slap because bag slap was just gay sex. I'm like, that's oh, not that's not exciting enough. We got to go deeper. We got to go. <laughs> oh, they're gay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got to go. The joke. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you don't understand. I'm in a big deal on the internet. Exactly. And I need these guys to be more than just gay for it to be shocking. Exactly. Well. <laughs> Google Chrome is trying to tell me that uh, it's it's not a thing, and that's it. It's a uh, it's a <laughs> that's a lot of, a lot of cum. So it's it's a guy who has uh, injected his nutsack with synthol and is uh, jacking off his little dick, which compared to his giant balls, again, it's a matter of perspective. I don't know. He could have an he's average got, like, size. He's got like one of those pig nutsacks now. You know, it's just a, a normal looking guy. But again, all we really see is belly button to knees jacking it and uh, squirting a lot <laughs> absolute some absolute thick ropes some waffle batter right there all the while in the background it's just this song going big bag big bag big bag and it just loops like that and i i feel like the number of times i had that tab open today i've heard that song <laughs> so fucking time. that's so that's so gnarly it's it's just it's a guy jacking his meat but like a load that large is I want to say it's fake. We'll never know. We will never know. That's true because we probably will never find out like who this who the big bad guy was or you know any of that stuff. And it's clearly like a rip from a VHS because when it starts, you can see the the, the tracking. The tra- yeah, thank you. You can see the little tracking lines and stuff. But that's when then they overdubbed it with that fucking song. Uh yeah, giant balls, enormous squirt of of goop, and he's just. It's uh, like uh, like cock or something. Like it's just <laughs> really watered down, or like you. I think you were right when you said like pancake batter. That's about the consistency. It's not yeah, that... I don't know what's going on there, but it's not in the Bible. <laughs> it's not good. Not good, Brian. Uh, so that is big bag. Big Go bag. Wow. That up. Big bag. Big bag. Big bag. It's gonna be in my head for the next couple of days. I swear to God. Were it not for the uh, the dick exploding, it would be a, a whole thing. Anyway, uh, it's time for the breath mint, Brian. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. All right, so for the breath mint this week, I figured I'd give you the floor if you wanted to kick us off. Yeah. We're about three or four episodes into season four of Sopranos now. Okay, what did you think about season three? We talked about Ralphie Cifaretto. Fucking Ralphie, yeah, fucking pants. His wig somehow got worse in, yeah. in season four. It really did. I didn't. I didn't know if it could get worse. He's like, is this gravy? I mean, how do they know if it's really gravy? <laughs> I think season season three was kind of weird. Yeah, like, like the the Tracy mm. episode feels so weird and. Apparently, a lot of people canceled their HBO subscription because really, of it, okay, which I can totally believe because it doesn't. F- that episode feels like a mean Mad TV parody of The Sopranos. Like everyone, it's like, like the what, first like, episode is the first episode where Sills a dick. Yeah, okay. Like it's a really strange, like like you know, because he's he's 
Everyone's an asshole. Fucking Tony's like an asshole in the way he's not an asshole in other episodes. Hmm. Even when he's out of, going out of his way to be shitty, like, oh, you know, I can't take the bread. You know? Like, yeah. And Sill's like, you know, tapping his watch. All right, time's up, toots. You know, like, like this is, everything just felt really fucking off. Hmm. I didn't really like that episode. Yeah. Um, I, that, I, like that. I think I was... It was one of those things where I felt like, wow, if the rest of the episodes are this sort of tone, I might just actually stop watching because it just was so jarring. Um, the stuff with Jackie Jr. was fine. I'm glad he got fucking killed. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was a really... Long time coming. If you ask Long me. time coming yeah. and a character that you could not write around. You really couldn't. No. So, and it was already the Meadow goes to college and becomes a, a lib... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you got to put it into like you know context around the time. You know uh, that was George W. Bush re-election attempt. They're trying to uh, hit that a little bit, I guess. Yeah, there's some some weird quaint culture wars stuff. (laughs) It was fine. I still don't think I don't think really anything's gonna top the episode where Big Pussy gets fucking clipped. I still think that's probably the best episode of the series. It is a highlight for sure. No, there's some stuff coming up that I think you'll you'll really enjoy. Yeah, uh, especially the, when it comes to stuff to 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 characters that you have will probably have grown to hate at that point, which is you know. Well, I know it's coming for Ralphie. Well, yeah, I mean, um, you, writing's on the wall for the, him. I mean, the episode, the last episode we watched together, me and my girlfriend, the last episode me and D watched was uh, the one where Artie gets the 50 g's yeah from tony for the french guy that fucks him over and, yeah and you know Ari tries to be a fucking tough guy and gets his ass whooped <laughs> by this fucking froggy frenchman yeah and and he thinks he's gonna be like i'm gonna handle this on my own or whatever it just yeah it does not work out does not work out him. and yeah Artie is the the series is punching bag after a certain point and and it's also kind of interesting because he does bounce back a little bit but it takes him a while. <laughs> so sure. like they'll check him with his like, fucking earring pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I like that episode because it really highlights Tony's main internal, one of his main internal conflicts, which is that Ari, who's been like a friend of his since childhood. Yeah. That Ari felt that one, he couldn't go to Tony first to ask for the money. Right. Go to Ralphie. And Ralphie was smart enough because mm-hmm. Ralphie tells Ari, like, well, if you fuck me, mm-hmm. there's really no way I can collect because yeah. you're such good friends with Tony. Right. So, you know, even if, even, if you were good, yeah. even if I thought you were good for it, which 50 G's for a restaurant owner, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Remodeling. And you know, like this bullshit yeah. story. Yeah. You know, Ari's in the, the hospital after this failed uh, <laughs> attempt of shaking down the Frenchman, Jean-Luc yeah. or whatever his name is. Yeah. Tony is just like, you know, you know, I'll forgive the money. I'll just, uh, you know, just negate my tab at, mm-hmm. at the Vesuvio's. Vesuvio's. And, you know, Ari kind of is like, you know, okay, you know, you saw it coming, didn't you? You just like, you were hedging your bets that either you would get your, your money with interest or you would be eaten for free. And it fucks with Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Even trying to do something nice for a friend, he's still getting something out of it. He's still kind of gaming some yeah, sort of system. Still yeah. the, the him as a person and him as a mob boss yeah, cannot so, be separated. Right. Even though he's trying, yeah. Despite his best efforts, he and can't. And there's a there's a lot of stuff where he's trying to be but even though like loaning someone 50 G's and charging them a point and a half or whatever, a point and a third interest. Cuz he even says like, "Well, you know you already missed your first payment." You know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, he gives already a lot of passes. Yeah. 
but that that was an interesting episode. I know, uh, you know, the shit with Pyomai. I know a mm. little bit about that. Yeah. So far, I've I've really enjoyed season four quite a bit. Season three had some some good stuff, but again, it, it was kind like, of this. this it like, felt yeah. like a bunch of separate scripts that were someone went through and and did a couple pass throughs and make them all tie together. Yeah. Yeah, I think they staffed back up after season three and, and really got a, a good core team because you'll see the same four or five names and they're delivering consistently. Bashimi like, is directing a Bashimi's lot. Bashimi's directing a lot. Uh, he, he actually becomes a character in season five, which is great. Yeah. Um, God, the guy who plays Chris. Uh, oh, yeah, Michael Imperioli. He writes a couple episodes. Sure, and directs a couple, yeah. It's it's a fucking, it's so good. I, I, yeah. I'm glad that I, I put it off. Right long enough that it didn't become like some weird part of my personality like some other guys <laughs> I, I knew i'll never watch that i've never seen an episode of breaking bad or whatever yeah this is kind right. of right well it was never like that i was just like I, i'm waiting for the right time and okay and my girlfriend she was like you know we sh- you should fucking watch it yeah you know, really? I've, I've never seen i've never even seen uh the godfather okay my understanding of my fake italian uh, american <laughs> heritage is uh is sorely lacking. I really don't even know myself, and it's yeah. really sad. It's, it's, it's a shame that my grandparents couldn't make me understand the fake Italian side of it. Just <laughs> hid that part of our culture from us. I was gonna say, like my my family's all like Irish and German. So what do we got? Like Peaky Blinders, Peaky Blinders, and like the the one character on Mad Men. No, that guy's British. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do Irish people have? Uh, yeah. The DLC from <laughs> Valhalla. <laughs> what do Irish people have? They got James Joyce. You got James Joyce. Yeah. Samuel Beckett. Samuel Beckett. Yeah, for sure. Guinness. Yeah, definitely got a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Jameson. Okay. Jameson. Yeah. You too. The Cranberries. Yeah. <laughs> Sheer Sir Ronan. <laughs> The Back to the Future car. Uh, Joe Biden. Oh. I say with a grimace. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. That's that's about it. Car bombs. <sighs> troubles. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've been around people when they're ordering those at the bar. And like, you fucking, you know, like. You, and they are tasty, though. They are tasty, but can we give them another name? Can we call them something other than an Irish car bomb? Can we call them like. The Thatcher special or something. They're like, give me, <laughs> give me something. Yeah, like fuck, Irish car bombs. Yeah, cool. Uh, how about let's let's go to the the bar for the Trail of Beers special. You know? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> what is that being held at Sandrina's? Exactly. Right. Or the Trophy Room. Yeah. Is that the new uh, London Calling Night? Yeah. Over, <laughs> over at a handlebar. I wish I would save those web pages for folks who don't know i was gonna say yeah give them give them some background there used to be a really insufferable fucking hipster sleaze night here in st louis called london calling yeah it was very much like cobra snake you know stuff like that i hate the fact that they named it after a clash song too it was like because the guy behind it dj clockwork i heard stories about how he allegedly took money from that and did not pay guest DJs, even like people that came in from out of town and would take his, would take the profits and he would tie them to like his mega church. Jesus. Out fucking West County. Come on. I got two London calling stories. Mm-hmm. I only went to ever, only went to a couple. I think one I've told a story about and didn't mention it was a London calling, but I'm not going to reiterate that. <laughs> it's all right. That's- there was a theme night 
that was Indian Summer. Mm. And this was what about was this like this would have been like October 2010 thereabouts yeah and I think I was like the first person to bring up that this was like hey this is a bad <laughs> this kind of sucks yeah because it was yeah it was Native American headdress and- it was like the like the leather band with like the one arrow in the back mm-hmm. around the forehead and like all of the like Native American stereotypes I wish I would have fucking saved it yeah. It's funny because if you go to the London Calling website, which is still up, and you look at like the photographer page, uh-huh. one of the photographers, her profile page, her display photo is from Indian Summer, and she's wearing like the fucking leather band mm. with woolen feather. Mm. I mean, it was like me, you, and like uh, two other people, just yeah. fucking eviscerating. Yeah, just just fucking causing a fucking flare up. Yeah, and I think that's actually where my trail of beers joke came from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a post. So the, my yeah. my second my second London calling story was that there was this girl I had met. I think it was at like an Electric Six show at the okay. Firebird. All right, and we were like talking and all that. And I was uh, at the Royale like one Saturday, and I didn't realize it was like the weekend before Mardi Gras or Mardi Gras weekend or something like that. Okay. Wasn't paying attention because I wasn't into Mardi Gras. But Bruiser Queen had DJ set. Nice. at uh the royale and like it was a lot of people i knew it was really fun like i'm texting her i'm like you should come down to the royale like mm-hmm. it's really fucking fun you can meet a lot of cool people and she's like no i'm at handlebar nowadays i would have enough self-respect to not want to go to the handlebar but at that point i was kind of in the middle of a dry spell and so sure I'm like fuck okay so trying to park <laughs> in the fucking grove even like even, even like, at that time, even yeah. in 2012 was a fucking nightmare. I think I even got a parking ticket on a weekend. Oh, somehow. I'm sure. Go there. I walk in handlebar, which is a very fucking hipster dipster. Like girls that worked at Urban Outfitters, like sitting on the bar, like they mm-hmm. were like some show Chicago or whatever. Well, the reason it was called the handlebar was because it was a bike themed bar right and this was also owned by the same lady that owned the the communist bar on cherokee that was actually not endorsing anything it was like very fucking stupid (laughs) the centrist communist bar yes is there is an entire episode of street fight radio where they talk about how much they fucking hated performing there and how much they hated every single moment of it i think that alone is why a lot of like the fucking dirtbag left podcast don't come to St. Louis is because like <laughs> that sounds like it's such a fucking miserable a story. I wouldn't yeah. come here. Anyways, I wouldn't come here if I lived here sometimes. Anyways, <laughs> uh, if I didn't live here, but I realized it's fucking London calling and some dude with like a skinny tie and like skinny pants is like it's a $10 cover. And over all of this fucking music it was probably like, you know, a fucking rat tat remix of an MGMT song that was only available on a fucking buckle sampler flash disc or something. Um, I just go, I would never pay money to come to this bullshit. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And uh, I turn around and there's a whole entire line of people in their fucking urban outfitters, fucking clearance, fucking, you know, outfits, fucking pale in the face. Yeah. Because I have enough self-respect to not want to like be at pay like, money the, to do at this, the, yeah. the Teen Werewolf Night at <laughs> London Calling. So drive back to the Royale for I can grab another delicious Schlafly Vanilla Porter, which is the time Oof. yeah the Royale unbeatable. was the only place that had that. Text the girl, yeah, I ain't paying ten bucks for that shit. 
<laughs> just never got another text for her. Not a word. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Dodged a bullet. Dodged a bullet. Yeah. Because you, you'd be going to that every week if if, oh, if, God. if you'd been dating her. You'd be going to it every week. Ten bucks was a lot of money Ten. for me back then. That was at least two more of those. I was going to say, porters. yeah, yeah. But uh, what, what you got? I talked about Mario Wonder before. I finally beat everything there is to beat in the game. It took... A good long while. The end game is super Meat Boy level of like punishing, and but it's still it's an addictive gameplay loop. They give you just enough stuff to like get you through. Real fun again. Mario Wonder, good time. I picked up right after that Persona Five Tactica, which is yet another Persona Five spinoff. But this one does the XCOM meets Mario Rayman Rabbids thing. It's a cutesy version of a strategy game. A lot of cool stuff in there. If you're a fan of Persona 5, all your favorite, all the stars are there. They got some new characters showing up as well, but it's a, it's a fun time. I, I don't recommend getting it full price. Obviously, I don't think it's worth the full $60. If you can uh, play but first. you got the Game Pass right now. So uh, No, actually, my Game Pass lapsed so this was a uh, purchase with uh, some some christmas money from oh. from the old amazon got it on the the playstation but yeah it, it's a good time wait for a sale i picked up a book called mr magic by a yeah. lady named kirsten white i'd read another one of her books last year it was a book called hide it was about a hide and seek competition in an abandoned amusement park Right, so it had yeah. this really creepy vibe. It was kind of an interesting book, and it followed like twelve different characters, and she tried to make them all the main character. Sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. Uh, so that was a good book. And so I said, okay, well, what else has she written? And it turned out she wrote a book in twenty twenty three. So I picked that up, and Mister Magic. So if you read the synopsis for Mister Magic, it sounds a lot like Chris Straub's Candle Cove, <laughs> the creepy boss that we talked about which then became the first season of the TV show Channel Zero, which is itself fantastic. If you haven't seen it, see it. But the book, just based on the synopsis alone, I was like, okay, this is going to be Candle Cove 2.0. It kind of was that, but it's also its own thing, which I appreciated. Um, She wrote enough original material, had a a nice deep roster of seven main characters this time, kept it a little bit smaller. And they all have really great characterization. Every piece of writing in this is exceptional. I really like there's a, some amazing like flashback sequences that are sandwiched in between other chapters. She's a rising star, in my opinion, Kirsten White. Former Mormon turned YA author turned adult fiction author. So this is her second adult fiction Amazing. Book. Amazing things are happening in the land of Utah. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, the book takes place in Utah. <laughs> so, so, yes, actually. And it's this fictional town of Bliss where, where all this Amazing. events of the, of the book take place. But yeah, so the basic idea is that there was a kid's show and people vaguely remember it. There's bits interspersed where it's like reddit posts or things like that saying yeah i really i remember this show but i've never seen it on youtube or anywhere well no one has recordings and all this stuff and like of course there's something more sinister and all that but all the kids are now adults it's 30 years later they all get back together for a reunion show for a reunion podcast actually and then things spiral out from there don't want to spoil anything else sounds pretty good Sounds a little contemporary. Really enjoyable. I blew through it in like two days. Really, really fucking good. And then I saw a movie, The Marvels. 
Wow. I The only person I know who's confessed to seeing this. You know, I enjoyed it. I, yeah? here's, here's my take on it. Now, the Marvels, if, if those of you not familiar, it's the latest MCU product. It's uh, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Photon, uh, also woke. known as Monica Rambo. I know, it's woke. I think it's just that... The, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Anything, well, I feel like Marvel has written themselves into a really fucked up corner, so they don't really have anywhere to go. So their whole big fucking plan... Kind of just sucks. Yeah, I've seen it referred to by some people as the MCU because it's all about centering female characters, which the Marvels does uh, kind of feel like. But sure. it's also a nice tie-in to the really enjoyable Ms. Marvel television program. So you get a little yeah. bit more of Kamala Khan, which I always like. Yeah, you get to see Captain Marvel in action again, which again we didn't get a proper Captain Marvel two. So this is kind of the substitute. And then you've got Monica Rambeau who showed up in WandaVision. Those three characters, two from TV, one from movies, uh, join forces for this movie because their powers have become entangled. So when they use their powers, they physically switch places at whatever where they wherever they are in the universe, hmm. which is an interesting hook. And they use it really well during this really complicated fight scene <laughs> where they're like activating powers, and then someone suddenly appears in the same spot punching and like it's kind of interesting to look at uh they bring back the cats that that are actually monster aliens <laughs> flurkins right. there's a whole bit where they have to get people from a to b and they don't have enough uh ships so they have to have these alien cats ingest people and carry them around <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they're using them as a form of transportation that's a hoot some really cool stuff, and if you liked the Kamala Khan character in Miss Marvel, pretty much picked up exactly where the show left off. It definitely feels like you need to watch these TV shows, which I'm get not the full, always a big fan of. It's homework, the movie. I get that, B- but it's also like if you happened to watch them and you enjoyed them, then you'll have a good time. Which was me. I, I had a good time. Uh, now there's some mentions of stuff where like there's a character from Hawkeye, which I didn't recognize. And that's fine. I didn't see the Hawkeye show, so there was a Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen more than like one or two episodes of it, but yeah, I mean, from what I saw, it was pretty good. I, okay. I didn't finish it. Did you watch uh, season two of Loki yet? I have not yet. That's actually that's on my list right now. We're rewatching Aaron Sorkin's Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. My wife insists that she had never seen it before, and I said, "Babe, we watched this when it first came out." She's like, "No, I don't remember this." And Matthew Perry, he's the lead in it. He recently passed away. So we're like, okay, we can sit through one season of this. And then I looked at it. It's an old school season of television, which means it is 22 episodes. <laughs> Jeez, I forgot. That was like a thing, too. Like watching The Sopranos, realizing, like, yeah. wow, these are like 12, 14 episode seasons. Right, which was very unusual at the time. Normally for a network show, it was 22 episodes, which for a show like Lost just meant that shit dragged on and they eventually got wise near the end and started shortening these seasons up but for a long while man lost was you know 22 well 22 episodes for a single season and they only have maybe 14 episodes so worth they of have material three pages of plot yeah the rest so, of them are, i was like ah the, the smoke monster is gonna make me the point that is a smoke monster not gonna make me come this time <laughs> 
Oh, the smoke monsters enter my body. I'm just busting ropes. Oh, I think I'm trying you to open I... the hatch, but I can't because I'm busting so hard. I think you and I saw different versions of the show than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the version I saw was the box set that my buddy got in Myanmar. <laughs> It was on Divix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Divix. Over the weekend, we were supposed to have terrible inclement weather. Yeah, we yeah. Really other than the fact that it was really fucking cold. Right. It wasn't until like Monday that it snowed. Yeah. So, Yeah. My girlfriend stayed over, brought her cat and dog and her elderly cat that has uh, is obsessed with me and also has no concept of personal space. Well, as cats are wont to do, sure. Yes, but like trying to have a conversation with my girlfriend and having <laughs> having a 15-pound tuxedo cat trying to like sit on my windpipe. <laughs> and then I was sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. But the cat's very sweet. I love the cat. That's how we were able to knock out so much of the Sopranos. Sure, sure. We were just basically like cooking, reading. She yeah. finished. She started and finished Paper Girls that weekend. She okay. really liked it, so I was I'm really happy that she enjoyed that because that's one of my favorite things uh, of, of the last couple of years I've consumed. My wife, based on both your and my recommendation, has started Station Eleven, and she's halfway through the book. In the past two days, she's absorbing it and loving it. And uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get D the the. I was going to say watch that's, Station Eleven. Uh, I'm still amazed that she's like the first episode didn't get me. I'm like, how? How? Yeah. How? There's part of it is that maybe did you re- you read it first? Yeah, we read it to each other. Me and a couple uh, friends. The road on trip. A road trip. Yeah. yeah. So you had heard it first, at least. Yes, yeah, I know the so, story. So maybe that's why it didn't grab someone who wasn't familiar. Sure. Anyway, we end up watching Asteroid City. Mm. Boy, that's a movie. It certainly is, isn't it? It's certainly, it's cer- I'm like, I don't know if it's supposed. To, I mean, it's it's well acted, mm-hmm. it's well shot. Mm-hmm. There's a, I, there's a lot of craft to it. Yeah, I just don't know if it says anything. You weren't vibing with it. I mean, my favorite movie of his is I still think uh, Life Aquatic. Oh sure, easily. I mean, easily Su- one Su- of his best Su- works. Su- uh, did the oh that's right yeah you saw him play the the Bowie do all the David show. Bowie songs at the pageant God that was so fun that was yeah. such a fun night such a good show very sweet very lovely so what was it about Asteroid City that you didn't care for is it just a vibe or what, what what's happening I, I just like is there a fucking plot does this is it does sure. it, like nothing really none of these characters are really changed by the end of the movie everything's kind of static well, and I don't know if he's like making fun of Wes Anderson's like riffing on himself <laughs> kind of or being like very meta I think it's a movie about making movies from my understanding of where the movie goes because there's that scene and I told you about this during our best of 2023 episode where Schwartzman's character physically walks out of the movie that they're making and it goes from color to black and white and he walks past right the director of yeah. the play and he goes out and he has that conversation conversation with Margot Robbie yeah my scene is cut from the play, and they're doing plays opposite each other. That moment feels very raw and real, and it feels like he's telling us something without telling us something. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's something here that I have to get my decoder ring out to figure out. But I just feel like it was a very surface level movie in a way that I did not expect from Wes Anderson. I can see that artifice upon artifice. It's a, it's a movie based on a play that's based on a you know. Right. <laughs> there's there's several degrees of remove. Because the Cranston parts where he's doing the interstitals and all that is, yeah, okay. 
I don't see how the how these characters really change. Well, I mean, how much does Royal Tenenbaum change? I think they kind of come to a realization of just how how, how fucking out of whack they are right. when Royal dies. Which I guess is a kind of change. <laughs> a change in mindset, at least, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think, I think Royal Tenenbaum is about... I mean, my dad's kind of a fuck up. I love him to death. My dad's a great guy, but kind of a Royal Tenenbaum. Yeah, I, I can see it. It's about a family, of, I, how I see it, a family that is unable to understand each other and are okay. kind of always at odds. And now they're adults and they're having to deal with maybe the fact that the reason they, they don't, they can't understand each other because they have a fucking weird ass dad. <laughs> right, right. Who's the fucking cheapskate. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So Royal himself is not important that he change. It's more about that the kids come to understand each other is, is where right. okay. The, the, okay. the families come together and right. their dad trying to be less of a shithead is kind of the, the catalyst. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Asteroid city, rare misstep, I guess just, uh, it was pretty. Yeah. And like like sure. I said, the acting was good. Like there yeah. was interesting characters, but like I'm, this wasn't like his last couple movies. That's true. I mean, French Dispatch was French, French Dispatch was a fucking who's was a knockout, and and boy, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel was really heartbreaking. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying that the emotional core wasn't there. Yeah, and that's usually like kind of the the thing that I think that makes a Wes Anderson movie unique. Really, isn't necessarily the aesthetics, but it wrapped all in all of this uh, this visual stuff, all of this spectacle. That there's usually like a really Usually a pained story about a parent not understanding a child. I mean, I think yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. If you really break it down, sure. Yeah. yeah. Or a surrogate parent in the case of uh, Grand Budapest. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he shoots to... blanks. I had something else and I totally forgot. Oh, I did catch the uh, first episode of the new season of True Detective. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Boy! Boy, oh boy, oh boy! <laughs> Boy, yeah. I was sitting there fucking just, come on, come on, it's almost good. It, this no. is almost interesting. Okay. This is almost not shit. And boy, it just seems like a really expensive version of like they only come out at night or something. Oh, man. What a bummer. It is. Maybe the second episode will swing around the first. I mean, it starts in the first like 10 minutes, start off really fucking strong, and then... It feels it does feel like it was written by someone that did some treatments for Lost. And I'm like, man, this sucks. Mm. Like, I'm I'll give it the second. I maybe maybe I'll give it a third to the third episode to see if it has hooks. But I'm like, man, this isn't even like sec season two. Yeah, because I heard a lot of people saying the opposite that oh, the True Detective is back, baby. You know, like all that stuff. And maybe so- maybe these people have seen the full season. But this first episode... I don't think so. I think these are people that I've seen on Twitter that are seeing it in real time like you or me would. I was just like the whole entire time, like, this is almost great. At this point, it feels like I'm watching like late 90s Fox primetime. Which is not always bad. Let's be fair. It feels very stunted. Like, again, Mm. maybe the second or third episode... You gotta get me in. You gotta gotta get get me in. in. Because here's the thing. When When I went to try and watch this first episode... I accidentally played the first episode of season one, which I have not. I have not watched season one probably since like 2018, or which something. is a stunner. 
And you got to realize that I almost just sat there and watched the first episode of season one because within the first minute, it's already fucking got you. Yeah. On so many different fucking levels. And it's, yeah. so, so, it's, it's genius. And the first episode of season four just doesn't. Hmm. It could be good. It just, there's some people that think it's going to do some HP Lovecraft shit, which if it does. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm, Hopefully. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I don't, no? need some, I don't okay. need some fucking clove cigarette smoking bullshit i think they want more like lovecraft country or they want more like is it, is it going to be ice cthulhu <laughs> color out of space more like here in the arctic we have 50 names for cthulhu <laughs> fair enough no i i think they're they really want it to be more like color out of space where there's just or roadside picnic or one of those things that's that's in that cosmic horror vein people throw lovecraft's name around he's not the only game in town as far as cosmic sure. horror goes Annihilation. Oh, 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 oh. Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. Vandermeer, right up there, baby. <laughs> Did you know he's writing a new one? He's writing a new uh, a, a book set in the this the Area X. Uh, oh, I didn't know thing. that. That's yeah. awesome. It's coming out uh, sometime this year, so I'm crossing my fingers. Hope it's good. When we were taking turns reading Annihilation to each other, driving through the middle of fucking Wyoming in pitch black and a snowstorm. Yeah. Was a pretty great fucking terrifying <laughs> time. Oh, yeah. But Vandermeer, boy, he's as soon as I read that and then the follow-up Control, I want to say. Yeah. No, Authority. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Control is the character's name in Authority. But, uh, boy, as soon as I read Authority, I was like, wow, that's, this is my new guy. I don't know. what. Where have I been? What is this guy? I went on a tear and I read like everything he's ever written. Um, but you know, something like, yeah, something like an annihilation or something like a, uh, I'm trying to think of who else is like doing modern cosmic horror, but like, I don't know. There's some point realism and stuff like that. Yeah. There's like a Grady Hendrix thing in there. Like they're hoping for that kind of the vibes. That's going to be a vibe space show. And I hope so. Because I any uh, look uh, Jodie Foster in a TV show is something that you don't see very often, true. and I hope they don't waste it. I don't feel like there's bad performances. It doesn't feel like they no. picked a bad cast. But I'm like, is the script good enough? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen it yet. Good luck. I know. I know. I'm usually that person that waits till the whole season's over anyway. Oh, I've got to binge it so I can uh, wear my Big Bang Theory Bazinga shirt here. I'm binging the media. <sighs> wow. I wonder what... Uh, oh, no, just don't have patience. That's what it is. Wow, I wonder... Wow, is is this the season with Steve Wozniak in it? Fuck you. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> there's no fucking... There's no, look. <laughs> I'm doing my best to like... <laughs> oh, I got your goat. <laughs> yeah, you did. I damn, got your ass now, boy. <laughs> you're damn, That's right. You're damn That's right. right. You're damn That's right you right. do. You're damn right you do. Fuck that. <laughs> got your ass. Yeah, why don't you go fucking uh, tweak your Linux kernel there, fuck boy? No, I'm done with that. Anyway, <laughs> did that last night. Anyway, look. <laughs> I don't appreciate that in my own. <laughs> Listen, in my own. I invite you into my chalet <laughs> every week <laughs> for our podcast. It only gets a hundred views a week. Hey, that's better than zero. We should have picked a better subject for our podcast. <laughs> On that note, uh, please tell everyone where they can find you online, Brian, to complain about the show. <laughs> <laughs> To our 52 <laughs> listeners. 37 now. They 37. All... To uh, my girlfriend her and her mom. 
Uh, if you want to tell me I'm wrong about True Detective season four, episode one, uh, first of all, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I was gonna say start. But start. Uh, yeah, but if you if you after you've done that and you still feel game, uh, you can uh, harass me online with. Uh, I'm actually on Instagram now, uh, amusicphotographer.com. Oh, very nice. Uh, I shot Gidi Bor on the other socials. Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, Threads. Okay. I guess, I guess, I don't know. If threads changes if you change. I don't know. Maybe it's still Ishaki Debor on Threads. God, I fucking hate Threads. <laughs> it's so fucking. It's like, what if you heard? I told you that like three months ago. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not even on there. I just see the. I just see like the stuff when I'm browsing Instagram. I was like, what you're missing on Threads? And it's literally like. The thing that if a coworker told said that to you, you would be you wouldn't even go to HR. You no. would just be like, "Hey, what does this smell like?" Yeah. Okay. And when they lean in, you just slap them in the fucking face. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter what their pronouns. Are. You got it wrong. You know what? You don't have to make a big fucking deal and get defensive. You know what you just fucking say? I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they looked too managed to be wearing a fucking dress at the quick trip. Just say I'm fucking sorry. Yeah. Go on. Because guess what? You never have to interact with this person ever again. Thank you God. You both can have sore feelings about this, or you can just say I'm sorry. And let it go. Let it fucking go. That's right. And that's what Threads is. Threads is your, like, <laughs> Threads is like your, el- your old Gen X coworker that can't understand shit like pronouns or, mm. like, rap music still somehow. <laughs> Despite 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, what's this, mo- a movie? Anyways, Threads feels like old people 4chan. Oh, God. Where, like, everyone's just, like, really nasty and shitty. Right. But, like, also incredibly out of touch with, like, the zeitgeist of the internet or just... <sighs> That's like the Craigslist rants and raves section is what it's. Oh, like. God. <laughs> and That's still active, by the way. I cruise that every once in a while. I'm looking for creative slurs to put on the show. <laughs> Fucking... So that's those are the socials. Oh, I forgot to plug my other pluggables, which I was is amusicphotographer.com, assholemusicphotographer.com. I, I finally slogged through and just shat out probably the some of the worst words I've ever written oh. for my Zed's Dead write-up with some foes that I feel not too strongly about. But, hey, you know what? Like... It wasn't shaping up to be a fun time. And I just kind of realized last night when I was finishing up is that when the fucking guy that looked like the Huckberry fucking clearance section came up to me, I was like, ha, man, nice mask, bro. You got bro, you got COVID, bro. I was like, you know what? Like, I just don't really want to be here anymore. Yeah. And uh, and that's just kind of how it ends where I was just like, yeah, you know what? When that happened, I was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. You know, maybe if I had been in a better mind space, I, w- I had a good time, but I didn't. If you did, that's great. The arts stl.com. The arts stl.com where old millennial yells at cloud. <laughs> well, that sounds about right. That's actually how I describe a lot of my social media as well. Uh, you're going to find me video crime, V I D E O C R I M E. Most of the places that will have that name, that's going to be me, uh, other than Instagram. There I am at Laser Goose CEO. And TikTok, I'm a laser goose CEO, but I don't, I don't post anything on TikTok anymore. I've I've aged out. I think the only thing that's aged out well, the only thing that's interesting to me on TikTok is recipes, and then the guy who sarcastically stitches himself in with the recipes and is like, "That looks like shit." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 cleaning drains, 
cleaning drains apparently huge still huge on my feed uh the cute cat videos those are always those always one. that's in that, that's what the internet was built for and then uh random indie hip-hop acts that i've never seen live but i'm like yeah this slaps i'm gonna put a heart on that uh, but that's about all i get these days that and the occasional like did you know that in 19... It's like, yes, I did. Next, you know. <laughs> if you're going to ask me about anything... Did, did you know that the original name in America for Pac-Man was Puck-Man? Yes. But then they realized that the they could... Some some degenerate teenagers could vandalize the, the front marquee and make it Fuck-Man? Yeah. That's also, I think, why they changed Jump-Man to Mario. <laughs> it's me. Oh, it's I got me. the hub of the princess. I'm a horny little fuck. Oh. And the monkey, he wants to hum with the princess too. Why can't I? We can have both the hum with the princess. I gotta get my skeet skeet. Which is the plot of the Mario Brothers movie. The, but, the uh, Mario Brothers <laughs> movie is. I thought the plot of the Mario Brothers. <laughs> Bowser's just gooning the he's whole just, time. He's basically gooning. My God, Kyle. He's, he's yelling at someone named Kyle, who you never see. It's very strange. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can also uh, find me various other places, but the, the big one that I always want to promote is, of course, midnightpals.simplecast.com. Season one wrapped up a couple weeks back. We're writing season two right now. I haven't written anything for it yet, but uh, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I'm going to write an episode this year, so it's going to be fun. You can give us a call. 314-246-9766-314-246-9766. That's 314-AHOY-POO. If you like to spell with your telephone, Jason at 48minutesdogsbarking.com or Brian with a Y at 48minutesdogsbarking.com. Shoot us an email. Tell us, you know, give us your thousand words on uh, on Asteroid City and, and we'll uh, subsequently just uh, put that directly in the trash can. And then we're going to... I will tell you why Joshu was the, the greatest patriarch of Zen Buddhism. Fair enough. <laughs> Support the show. Patreon.com slash four eight minutes of dogs. Well, that about does it for the program. As we always say at this time, eat that motherfucking knife. That's right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>